Talk. Right there, I'm in. Welcome to DC Films Podcast. I'm one of your illustrious co-hosts, Sark, and I am joined by two of our other co-hosts. Actually, one of them is a special guest co-host, and I'll allow them to introduce themselves. I'm joined with... Jess. Hey, guys. And I'm Andy B. I'm, I'm filling in today. Uh, I, I do the podcast, podcast on the DC Podcast Network, and uh, I'm, one, I'm, a, I'm a producer on this show, so I'm, uh, um, I'm, I'm happy to be back. Oh, and it's good to have you back. Um, it's been a little while since we've had you. I think it was on our introductory uh, podcast where we were getting to know one another, and you were with us on that occasion. I was. Yes, and it's good to have you back. And we probably need to mention we have two of our co-hosts that are unable to be with us today, and, and that is Roy, who usually kind of heads up uh, the discussion, and uh, also Shana is not able to be with us. So uh, this will be different, but I enjoy this. I like this. This will be... A different dynamic with just the three of us. Um, so we have a number of topics of interest that we need to discuss this week. And um, in order, let's kind of give an overview to our listeners. Um, we're going to be discussing the possible directors for the Suicide Squad sequel. That's going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, then we will move on to... Um, discuss who is in line to direct the Shazam film. And then last but not least, we will discuss the interesting developments uh, regarding the Batman starring Ben Affleck. And it was just last week we were kind of celebrating uh, the appointment of director Matt Reeves to come on board. And so, yeah, there's been some new developments there. But before we even head in that direction, we want to talk one last time, at least for for the for the time being, we want to talk some Lego Batman. Um, Lego Batman released last week. I've been so busy, I've not been able to keep up with uh, with the box office figures. By but I would assume that it has done pretty well. I was able to see it last week with my beautiful girlfriend. She and what a what a gal that was our Valentine's Day movie. Now, when your girlfriend says that. That's just as romantic as any other film for you to go see. You know you found the right woman. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> and we went to see it, had a blast, saw it in IMAX 2D, um, and so the sound was incredible. Um, but uh, Jess, I believe you got to see it also. I did. I've been wanting to see this for a long time. And it definitely did deliver. So I'm glad that I finally got to see it. I agree. I tell me what you liked most, or give me give me some of your impressions about the film. The thing that I like about these Lego movies 
is that there's something for everyone. Like there's humor for um, kids, but there's also other little jokes that adults get too that like kind of um, might go over a kid's head, but uh, adults would appreciate. And especially with um, Batman, since that's Batman's been around mm-hmm. for so long. So there's probably more adult fans of Batman going to see this movie than kids probably. Yes. And um, so they were able to bring all the, the, the older Batman references and the newer references together to kind of um, poke fun at uh, all of it, really. So, yeah. And it also, um, as with the other Lego movie, there was a lot of uh, fourth wall breaking and uh, meta humor. So yeah. um, I, I just thought it was really funny. It was just a good time. It was and very entertaining. That was the, the thing I, I was so impressed with from the moment the movie started. It, it started with a bang and it was it set itself apart. And and I regard this, even though it's what you might call a parody, it's a respectful parody um, and everything is so tongue in cheek. And yes, uh, I was impressed with two things. Number one, if you're a Batman fan. If you're a hardcore devotee, there is so much for you to chew on. I felt like I was overwhelmed with the Easter eggs and the little in-jokes, and I'm sure I have not retained all of them. And so we're going back tomorrow with uh, with my adult children. We're going to go back and watch it as a foursome and, uh, and see what we can really appreciate and pick apart about the movie. But uh, it also plays well as a mainstream release. In other words, if you are not a Batman fan and you might not get all of the in-jokes, I feel like you will have a raucously good time at this movie. I mean, it's, it is funny, it's action-packed, it's colorful, it's entertaining. Um, everything you really would want in a Batman film. And I do love the same thing that you said. You know children are going to be drawn to it because of the imagery and the, uh, the concept of you know the toys coming to life and, and having personalities of their own, but also there's so much for the adults. And quite frankly, like when we went, I thought I would see some children. There wasn't one child in the theater and it was packed. Um, The adults get the humor and they're coming, I believe. So um, yeah, fantastic film. Can't say enough about it. And if anything, I want to convey to everyone listening, go see it. If you haven't, please make your way to a theater and, and get the kind of the full theater experience um you you shouldn't regret it um but on the on the comment about it being marketed for adults here's just an interesting observation uh my girlfriend benita and i we wanted to represent adequately and we had matching lego batman t-shirts that we wore and of course we got plenty of comments oh y'all are so cute and we just kind of ate the moment up. But interestingly enough, I realized I am looking at Lego Batman shirts in the men's department at Walmart. I'm curious, is there anything in the little boys department? And so I just sauntered down there quickly and there was nothing, absolutely no Lego Batman merchandise in terms of, uh, you know, caps or hats, you know, and things of that nature. So I don't know if that's an indication of most uh, most, you know, retail stores. But if that is, that would tell me that they are intentionally marketing this for adults and an adult audience, that it's not a kid's thing uh, as much as maybe the average person may think it is. 
That's really interesting. One of the most interesting things about it is that so many adults can find it funny without there being like dirty jokes and bad language and stuff like that. True. Yes. That is. I don't want to sound like a a fuddy-duddy, but when you see a film like this, it reminds you, wow, you know what? With enough talent, something can be funny without being peppered with four-letter words or with, you know, um, overly sexualized innuendo. Um, Very good family entertainment. And what is that rated again? Do you remember? It's PG, yeah. It's PG. Okay, not PG-13. Yeah, not even PG-13, and it's still marketed towards adults. Yeah, that is very interesting, yeah. Um, And, well, and I have to admit, now, when the Lego movie came out, I didn't know anything about it. And uh, I just assumed it was one of kind of like, and this is not meant to be a criticism, I just assumed it was one of those DreamWorks-y kinds of, oh, it's a nice standard, you know, uh, CGI kind of oriented animation, fun for the whole family, boring, okay. And my daughter went to see it, and she was at the time maybe about 25, and he says, uh, Dad, I'll treat you. I want to take you to the Lego movie. And my thought was, are you serious? Okay, well, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, if you, if you just want to spend time with your dad, you know, we could do anything. But sure, okay, I'm game. I went and was blown away, you know, at how entertaining it was and really how much it was geared toward an adult audience. And then, of course, what she knew and what I did not know is that Lego Batman was going to um, steal the show. And, uh, and, of course, so that made the movie for me. So when I heard that there was a movie coming out based solely on the character, of course, like you, Jess, was just, could not wait. You know, I've been waiting, what, like two years ago, I think the announcement was made. So uh, glad to see it come. Andy, you haven't seen it yet, right? Sad I haven't, but I'm, I, I will try to see if I can catch it tomorrow or something um, because I – I'm just getting so tired of, like, you know, you know, every time I listen to everyone, my friends, like, talking about it, I'm like, you know, great, I I can't join in. Uh, you know, oh, everyone oh, on Twitter, I'm like, you know, oh, look at you, you get to see the bad, Lego Batman movie while I've been busy. Um, <laughs> you are a busy man. <laughs> I am a busy man, but uh, I should probably see it tomorrow or something. I, I, will, I, will, I will do my best. But uh, it, it sounds like a really great film, so I'm... Uh, um, and you know, I know the, the people behind the Lego movie did a great job. That I, you know, I, I can only see them having done a good job with this one. Yeah, yeah, you'll be impressed, I'm sure. Well, with no further delay, why don't we jump into some of the discussion for uh, this week? We will start with um, the report that Warner Brothers is courting Mel Gibson, among others, to direct the Suicide Squad sequel. Now, Andy, I believe you're the one that brought this to our our little gang's attention. So um, do you do you want to share with us what you know about? Uh, I mean, all I know is what, you know, what's been reported out there, which is that, you know, that he, you know, they're in early discussions and that uh, he is currently getting familiar with um, the source material and so on. And then after that, he's, you know, you know, they're going to see if they're going to make a deal or not. Um, now, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to say this, you know, like, any, you know, not without getting political yeah, on here, but... You know, I mean, Mel Gibson is, you know, he has an interesting mouth, and um, say what you will about it. Uh, I can't speak so much about his um, director director talent, though, because I haven't seen any of his films. Uh, so, you know, like, I couldn't say, oh, if they sign him on, he's going to be awful or whatever and so on. 
Personally, I would prefer if they went with someone else because I feel like there would be so much focus on all the negative sides of of this man from from the past. So I mean, look, I mean, there would be a distraction, too much of a distraction. Even if he did a good job, it would just distract and take away initially. Yeah. Exactly, and it's like I feel like, I mean, why should we give? A big factor like that to someone like him who ha- I mean also he's kind of been negative on superhero movies too so I kind of feel that we should I, I mean I'm still like the whole you know I'm still all about like trying to get more female directors attached to some of these I mean I mean more female directors in in Hollywood would be great overall but like you know but you know we're talking about your superhero movies so I would love to see a female director take on a story like the Suicide Squad and so, you know, I hope that they can some hopefully make some more offers around to other female directors. Uh, but um, I know there's also two other directors up uh, for the gig. The other ones that were mentioned were Ruben Fleischer, Daniel Espinosa, and Jonathan Levine. And they've done films such as? Um, well, okay. So Ruben Fleischer's done Zombieland, 30 Minutes or Less. Uh, Gangster Squad, which I personally think if you've already directed a movie that has the word squad in it, you can't do another <laughs> one. <laughs> That's great. Um, I like <laughs> um, Daniel Espinosa, he's only, the only notable movie that he's directed was Safe House. Um, and Jonathan Levine has directed Warm Bodies, Fifty Fifty, and Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Mostly like comedy movies. Uh, I don't. I don't know where these picks came from. And now, let me ask the question: Is this pretty valid? I know that. I don't think an official announcement has been made, but is this pretty solid? Well, room. I mean, Mel Gibson even said uh, that same night he did. He was doing a Q and A for. Um, some movie that he directed and he said that they're in like they're on like the first state stages okay um, so um <clears throat> i actually personally i don't think it's gonna happen i think they're probably gonna like you know because that's the thing like they do look i mean i'm not saying that they they, they take the online criticisms you know too hard but i do know that they they're i mean one of us probably knows that people aren't like thrilled with this idea and um you know like i I mean, again, I would personally just prefer if they got someone else, uh, prefer mm. a female director. Uh, but you know, but uh, maybe someone like Jonathan Levine or Ruben Fletcher or any of these other people that are up for the gig would be would be better. I don't think it'll happen either. None. I. Warner Brothers hasn't really made any comments about it, so you don't really know exactly what they're thinking. Mm. But. Um, it has been stated that in the past, uh, Mel Gibson said that he wasn't interested in directing comic book movies. So it is kind of odd that he would be interested now. It just, I don't know, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, when I first heard the news, I, I have to admit, I was, I was taken aback a little bit because I, some of the same reasons that you're sharing right now. And I didn't even know that one about his, his comment about not being interested in in uh, directing comic book films. Um, but based on what I'm reading, this this uh, report from The Hollywood Reporter, um, that is interesting about him nabbing a cameo in The Hangover Part Two, and but a backlash within the studio and parts of the cast ended with him being unceremoniously dropped, as the article says. 
that statement is interesting because I think that's what could happen if it if this were a serious consideration. Um, not that he's not capable. I'm not even saying that, uh, you know, of directing a film or doing a good job with it. Um, I tend to think because of the negativity swirling around him and the unfortunate events of the, I think it was about the mid-2000s where, you know, he had the drunk driving arrest and then there were the anti-Semitic remarks made while he was intoxicated. Um, all of those things uh, unfortunately took him down several pegs and, um, and when I say unfortunately, not that it shouldn't have, I just mean that anytime we see a fall from a lofty position uh, for anyone, whatever the realm, you know, entertainment, politics, it's always a sad thing. It's always a sad thing to see someone who once was on top and so highly regarded um, now at times maybe even despised uh, or, you know, take such a blow to the reputation. But it makes me wonder, is this almost to take advantage of negative press, you know, kind of the, the idea that, you know, hey, bad press is better than no press at all. And just to draw attention uh, to the film, you know, and to get you thinking about it, mentioning his name, it's almost like someone would have to do that intentionally. You mean, they almost like they, they, you know, they almost did it as a, as, a, as a water cooler kind of thing, kind of to see like how people would react to it? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Right, exactly. Not just to t test the waters necessarily, but just to get you talking about Suicide Squad too. You know, just to, oh, you should hear who they're talking about. <laughs> Are you crazy? You know, just to get that, elicit that type of response. And it seems almost like a very viral technique to marketing these days. Like, let's go negative. You know? and, we, and at least you're talking about it. You're talking about it. And then that way, if if he's not appointed, you're you're all, it's already on your radar in a sense. So I'm not saying I know that. I just it, it kind of makes me wonder. No, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, you never know what's going on with these studio people and so on. Mm -hmm. Like, I um, I mean, the thing that is so interesting is that with like, if you, I don't want to do the DC Marvel comparison song because you know you can love both for different reasons. But I feel like with Marvel things, for example, so like we they have a, I don't want to say better grip at keeping their secrets down or whatever. So, but I feel like. I feel like that when it comes to their directors, whatever, we usually hear things when, you know, the people have signed on or like when they have like been cast, whatever, and so on. Some of these DZ stuff are still like they're in negotiations phases or they're talking or whatever, and mm -hmm. so it's 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 an interesting little thing to look at. But um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of wish that you know, like this that this that hadn't happened. But you know, but it, again, it is getting people to talk about Suicide Squad two again. So. I guess we'll have to just wait and see, but um, I mean, I will. I, will, I mean, I will just make this very clear. I was not really thrilled when I saw the news. Uh, I wasn't really thrilled when I wrote up the news, and I wasn't really thrilled after I had finished writing <laughs> the news because I'm like, I no, um, you know. But if he if he gets if he signs on, which I don't think he will, but if he do, does, you know, I I mean, I'm gonna watch the movie with a fair shot. But if I see that he is treating the female characters poorly and the people of color poorly and so on, then I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to cut return to this franchise until he's gone. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So we'll just have to wait and see along with everyone else. And so the, here's the question I want to pose, and we don't have to take very long, uh, but let's, for the sake of discussion, let's assume this actually happens. He's appointed as the director. Um, where do we go from here? What, how do we respond? And so I would love to hear from Jessica also, um, you know, like what would you do with that? Or what would, maybe what would Warner Brothers need to do to make sure that, that the film is accepted? Um, or, you know, or what do you think the, the ramifications would be? Any of those 
threads of conversation jump on? What do you think, Jess? Gosh. Um, well, I think he is going to have to not let his his personal life and his personal um, issues kind of, you know, influence his directing for the movie. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's obviously going to be a problem. And, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's just interesting that he has been chosen as a candidate. It seems random, but also he just directed Hacksaw Ridge and that was nominated for a bunch of awards. So maybe mm-hmm. he's trying to, you know, get his act together in terms right. of directing, but I still don't think that this is the right movie for him to be working on. Yeah. I, I can understand that. I, I really do understand that opinion. Um, I'm one of those that I have a special place in my heart for turnaround stories. Um, and we see them in different areas, you know, the political realm, sports realm, uh, entertainment, different industries. It, those redemptive stories are always inspiring when someone has sometimes cut their nose off to spite their face or just shot their own foot off so well. And you think that they never can recover, but they begin to claw their way back. And, and a good example of this, and I'm not, I've mentioned this before, I'm not a huge movie guy. So some of this I'm hearing like secondhand, but that's my understanding, like what Ben Affleck has done. You know, he started out off with a bang as a young man, and then his career kind of took a, a spiral downward where so much of his work, uh, directing and, and acting, was not highly regarded. And it was almost as if he were being considered as a joke or has been in Hollywood. And then there was this intentional turnaround. And uh, now he's been riding this, uh, this wave of success for a number of years. And, and his work is being highly regarded again. Uh, and that's always refreshing. Uh, regardless, you know, I, I realize that so many of the people we talk about, we really don't know them, and they could be total asses, you know, in person. But when it comes to their craft or what they do well, I have to admit, there's a, a I like seeing when someone's able to redeem themselves. You know, not certainly not trying to take anything away from Mel Gibson. The things that he experienced or that he did to himself are very unfortunate. But just for the sake of argument, if he were appointed, I would hope that the studio could write out the... Um, the negativity, because I'm sure there would be, especially in this day and age of social media, you know the hate would would spew forth. And uh, I, hate I would social have... media? I haven't noticed that. I mean, sarcastic. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, some well-timed sarcasm, Andy. That's great. Uh, but I would hope that, you know, the majority of fans would get on board and say, okay, let's see what he can do. Let's, let's give him a shot. And maybe this would be that opportunity for turnaround. I do – I will admit this out of all honesty – I almost wish they would give him a different film, you know, for more redemption, because it, it sounds like he's done an incredible job with Hacksaw Ridge. And uh, that's refreshing to see that, you know, his work is being recognized in spite of, you know, separating his personal life or maybe even his past from his current work. Um, I, there's just so much writing on the success of the DC films, in my opinion, that, you know, I, I, I don't want anything to distract uh, from from the potential success of the next Suicide Squad film. So I would keep fingers crossed and I would be praying that all would be well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it probably is important for us to kind of face the fact that it could happen. May not happen, but it could. Any other thoughts about this topic? I'm, I, will be, I will be scared if it happens. Um, You'll be scared. I mean, and I understand that. I really do. I, 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 there would be something nervous in me too. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have anything else to say about um, Mel Gibson. Um, again, it's so weird that I'm doing a uh, like a geek writer podcast and I am having to talk about Mel Gibson on air. It's never <laughs> thought, I never thought that was ever going to happen. That, that is. Yeah, who would have thought that would have happened? One last thing, and I'm going to look it up real quick. One of you may know. Braveheart, you know, very popular film. Did he direct that? Um, I believe he did. I think he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. All right, that's, to me, that's a redemptive thread right there. You know, Braveheart plays like like an old English superhero story. That and, it, and some of his other films that he did a good job with, they were certainly inspirational and uh, had a strong good versus evil theme to them. Um, there was another one I want to say that that was good called the uh, was it the Patriot around 2000 or so. So we know that he has capability. And, it, and again, I'm not trying to go political, but just as a, a point of reference, I'm going to make a confession here. Back in the 90s, um, I was not at the time a big Bill Clinton fan. Okay, And for those of you who are big Bill Clinton supporters, th- that's not the case now. You know, so please forgive me. But at the time, I, I, wasn't, I did not care for him politically. And when the Monica Lewinsky scandal broke... I must confess um, a bit of hypocrisy. Intellectually, I thought, well, you know, that really doesn't have anything to do with him uh, in terms of his governing power or ability. But I quickly, because I did not like him, I jumped on the bandwagon. And, you know, like I I used that in my discussions, you know, about like why he should step down and, and why he wasn't any good for the country. And I've done a 180. It didn't take long. It was afterwards I did a 180 and I realized the hypocrisy of that statement. And I oftentimes go back to that. And this is, I think, what we do. We sometimes have a hard time separating the person from their area of competence or expertise. And it's understandable. It's sometimes hard to distinct, make that distinction. But um, he's not the only one. There are people who do a good job at what they do and they might be total jerks. Or they might be total asses, or they might be male chauvinist pigs, or they might even be racist. And believe me, that racist thing really I'm sensitive to because I'm dating and have fallen in love with a black woman. And so, you know, those are not easy things to deal with, obviously. But um, without getting too heavy handed, I just wanted to say that if this happens, I do hope we'll try to give him a chance to um, to do a good job. And if it doesn't, then, you know, this was just an interesting conversation. I will be able to breathe out again. I will be like, ooh. We will certainly dodge a bullet there. <laughs> Dodged a bullet. Woo. Yes. All right. Well, um, let's turn our attention to the next topic uh, of conversation. And again, we're talking about directors. Um, so it looks like the Shazam film has a director. Jess, um, do you, do you want to share with us what, what you know about uh, this situation? So David F. Sandberg is in talks to direct this uh, Shazam movie. A little bit about him. I did some research on him, and um, he's done a lot of horror movies, which is cool for me because I like horror movies. But (laughs) the thing that I noticed that um, a lot of these movies have in common, along with Shazam, is that they're all new line cinema movies. So... I'm thinking, and New Line does release mostly horror movies, um, so I'm thinking maybe 
he's in some kind of contract with New Line to do a certain number of movies. I'm not really sure how that whole thing works, but yeah. A lot of he's done uh Annabelle 2. Oh no, he's going to do Annabelle 2 and he did well, Lights he did. Out. He did Annabelle 2 and it's coming out in August. So uh so you were oh, you're okay. right. You were right. right. You were right. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or he he has done or will or shall. And so he uh, I'm reading that he broke out with his 2016 debut Lights Out. Um so have have any of us seen that I haven't. I haven't seen it. Okay. Um, I think I saw it. I, don't, I see so many horror movies. You're really into horror. I did. This is interesting to know that about you. Girl, you're braver than me because I the only, I mean, I only have one favorite horror film. I mean, I don't know if it's a horror film even, but I, uh, the Unfriended movie is. Oh, yeah. Do you, have you seen it? I have. It's, it's, I've never I've... seen it 35 times. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that, that one, that's a wild ride. That one. What's the name of it again? Unfriended. 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 Oh yes, yes, I did hear about this. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, you got my. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, yeah, I have never been into scary films. You know, I've seen a few in my life, but never really been into them. But for Halloween this past year, it was uh, my uh, my girlfriend and I. It was our first Halloween together, so we wanted to celebrate by watching a scary film. And I found out that when you watch a scary film with a pretty girl, she will often clutch onto you. And hang on to you during every scary part, and I loved it. So, like, I'm into scary films all of a sudden. Oh, if I <laughs> if I had been watching the film with you, I would have in scary films. I would have been like clutching your whole head, like you know, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it made it tolerable for me. That was great. Oh, okay. I, I've got to add that to the list. All right. So, what little I know about Shazam. Now, Shazam is one of those that I actually got into as a child, and so. Um, Did you watch a TV show? I'm, try- I'm going. Yeah, well, yes, the TV show and the comics. Like I really loved the mythology. Now, you know, that didn't follow me into adulthood, but I'm really glad to see Shazam getting his own standalone film, and and I'm curious to see how they're going to play up his origin. I would assume that this might be an origin story of sorts. I hope so because I think it would. I would, it would be great to see his origin story yeah. and live action because I I, I really like Shazam. Like the, the Jeff Johns. Back issue and run of Shazam and the Justice League mm-hmm. comic from New Two was so freaking awesome that it's it's out in trade paperback now. So people, if you want to check it out, do it because it's a it's a very nice origin story and the artwork by Gary Frank. Oh, it's like it's like the orgasm of comics and uh, <laughs> I'm in, wow that that was graphic. Uh, but it, it's it's really good. It's really good. So I I would recommend checking it out. So I hope that they will do. They will do an origin origin story because I think that a lot of people would get. It's good to tell that origin story. Plus, if this is, you know, we don't even know if this is going to be a franchise. You know, could could this be a one off? Maybe. So you know, I would I would make sure to tell that origin story. But the, sorry, I I started rambling. And you're gone. Oh no no you weren't rambling at all. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I think this origin story more than maybe the the average origin story would translate well to the big screen, um, especially now with. The technology available to us, you know, you reference the uh, Shazam, you know, TV show from the 70s, you know. And so well, I don't know if you would call it cheesy, but certainly it was, you know, like a low budget affair. And, you know, I remember thinking that it was gratifying to my I was a child at the time. So, um, you know, I, I, I ate it up. But 
what we could do with special effects, uh, music, etc., I think it would make a phenomenal movie, and I think it will, and I hope they do a good job with it and do it justice. But I was just going to remark that what I recall of, the, of his origin and of the mythology is you, you definitely have this supernatural element that's not present, say, like in the, uh, in the Superman mythology. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are comparisons that could be drawn between the two characters, of course, in terms of powers. But I, if I'm not mistaken, I think magic plays a, a large part uh, in the story. And so that they are appointing someone, uh, you know, at the helm of the film that has a background and experience doing what has been labeled a supernatural horror film. So, I mean, obviously you've got some element of magic or black magic, something like that, um, involved and he's able to do a good job with it. That to me, that's exciting. So even though I don't know a lot about him, it, it sounds like there's enough information there to, um, it sounds promising is what I'm getting at. It sounds very promising. It's actually really interesting point. I had never thought of it that way. There's a, somehow you always find like the positive side of like everything. <laughs> I, I think it's just like really enlightening. I really like that because I never thought of it that way. Um, cause I see so many horror movies and, um, I have a hard time connecting those kind of movies to like a comic book movie or superhero movie. Yeah, but yeah. That makes a sense. really good point because you, I guess you, you know more about his story than I do, but I do love a good origin story. I've said it once on this podcast. I will say it a million times. I love origin stories. So I'm hoping I remember that you saying that. that. Yes, yes. Yes. And I could agree more. Yes. And so that will be right. on my gravestone origin story. <laughs> <laughs> Just she loved origin. <laughs> she lived for origin stories um, <laughs> and died for origin stories <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, just, oh. I agree with you I think origin stories are I think they're so underrated and I feel like you know if people if people could just go back and look at the Batman Begins movie and so on and kind of just appreciate the value of a good origin story it's like I mean, even me as a compliment who's reading so many of these comic stories and whatnot I appreciate be- seeing it in live action and also fresh takes and stuff because something they do spice it up a little bit. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, exactly. I agree. I agree. Yeah, is in related note, you know, you'll hear people from time to time say, "Yeah, haven't we seen Batman's origin enough?" Nah, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> Show me another retelling. You know, change it up a little bit. You know, I love it. I I realize that it's unrealistic to expect a Batman origin story every three years, but still, no. Give me more. I love them. You could you could tell well, it a hundred I, times. I, I can do without Uncle Ben dying over and over and over and over and over and over, <laughs> and over again. Okay, I point taken. I will. Yeah, <laughs> I'll concede that. That's funny. All right. Well, um, so any we, any other comments? I mean, I'm excited. I, mean, I hope that. I mean, you know, I don't know any of his work, uh, but I um, I I hope he gets it and that the Shazam film can start getting ready to you know get in production, whatever it is. So and I am. Um, you know, I'm still all hashtag Daniel Cudmore for Shazam. All right. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. Yeah, that'll be exciting. All right. Well, uh, if we have no other comments about uh, that topic, let's move along to more directorial uh, items of interest. And this is an unusual one. I don't think we saw this come. At least I didn't. After we had heard last week, or we were able to discuss that it looked like Matt Reeves had been appointed to... Uh, 
take us into the next possible Batman franchise by directing the Batman, the Batman. Um, we have a report from the Hollywood reporter that negotiations have broken down with the director. What do we think about this? Oh my God. This is uh, like a soap <laughs> opera. Every week it's something different. It's, this, would make, this would make a very good show for the CW. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not to be, not to be, <laughs> my God, that was so mean. Um, I, uh, no, I mean, I, I mean, look, obviously I'm disappointed that this, that things didn't work out. I mean, you know, the Hollywood does mention that, you know, that negotiating could resume after, um, when head when head's cool, quote unquote, and which that maybe phrase? that's how they phrase it. They said, you know, when head's cool, um, mm-hmm. um, they could possibly resume. But I mean, I will say this: look, I believe in these extended years. I believe strongly, and like I don't believe in any of this crap that is going on on social media that people say, you know, it needs to be rebooted, it needs to be relaunched, and so on. No, it's 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 that much for sure. But it's, it is fixable, you know. And I haven't seen every Matt Reeves movie, so I can't say you know I'm really really disappointed. But I'm disappointed to just see that that now nah, we've lost a director. But you know, at least he didn't sign on and then decide to drop out in the middle of the production or something. So right, true. Um, but yeah, but it was interesting that it was just exactly one week ago that it broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and I'm like you. The in the article that to which we're referring from The Hollywood Reporter, the uh, phrasing of talks could resume when head's cool was very telling. You know, I'm assuming that that's, you know, pretty accurate. So that means somebody was upset about something. Um, So I'm not sure if it had to do with, you know, artistic direction or or if it was just something as simple as money uh, or um, a timeline, Um, because I I realize he is a busy director. So, yeah, I was disappointed. Um, you, You start to get a little irritated when especially it's your favorite franchise. Um, you want things to go well prior to this. But again, uh, Jeff, you're going to laugh at me. I, I'm, I'm not purposely trying to go, go positive, but I am trying to encourage myself and hopefully others. <laughs> you know, if we step back in time and, and we go, we look at the years, just, the, just a few years preceding the release of what became the, the runaway hit of 1989, and that is Batman starring... Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton, um, production was fraught with all kinds of crazy negative press, you know, and this was in a pre-internet age. It's hard for us to even imagine uh, where things couldn't go viral. You know, when the announcement was made, Michael Keaton, and we've all heard this story and probably even told it a hundred, a hundred times, but Michael Keaton will play the lead role. And there was such a backlash, you know, Mr. Mom, the, the comic, you know, the with the thinning hair and, you know, kind of the lanky, skinny build. He's short. Are you serious? And there was a write-in campaign. I forgot what it, I, I think it was some crazy number, like in the tens of thousands of letters that Warner Brothers received. Petitions, you know, please don't make this guy, you know, Batman. And yet history tells a very different story. So, you know, I, I'm just trying to encourage myself. It's not the first time we've had, you know, negative press or kind of some back and forths um, before a good Batman film. So, um, you know, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed also with probably other every other Batman fan to that um, they'll, they'll settle into a groove very shortly here because I am so looking forward to this movie. What do you think, Jessica? So I think 
we should probably mention some of the other names that have been floating around oh, for please. Uh, being considered as director for this movie. So we've got Ridley Scott. Um, he's done The Martian, Alien, Blade Runner. Um, and we also have Fetty Alvarez. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Don't, don't kill me here. But um, <laughs> he's done Don't Breathe, which recently came out. I saw it and I thought it was really cool. And um, he also did the oh. Evil Dead remake, another, another horror guy we got here. So, yeah, don't breathe. Is that the one where the uh, the teens break into the uh, the veterans' house? Is that the one? And he's yeah, blind. The, the blind guy. Yes, that was crazy. That, I that just was, saw like, that. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, that's not a bad name to be floating around there associated because uh, Batman can be a pretty scary character, and I think we're wanting to see. We got a little taste of that in in Zack Snyder's. Uh, version of Batman from Batman v Superman. I mean, he can be a frightening character uh, when he wants to in instill fear into the criminal element. So, yeah, that's crazy. Ridley Scott, his association with the Alien movies, I know that he's capable of delivering the goods on uh, on uh, keeping you on the edge of your seat. Um, so, yeah, those those are some good names to be out there. What do you think, Andy? At this point, like, I don't, here's the thing, I, I love Ben Affleck as Batman, and I think, you know, like, I'm excited for the Batman movie zone, but I don't need it to be rushed, you know, and because... True. Like, if they need to take their time, take their time, like, focus more on the Aquaman movie, or Shazam, or Gotham City Sirens, so we have so many other films that we can focus on in the meantime, so I would, I mean, I mean... If they need to take another year, like another six months or something, please do because I would rather see a phenomenal film letting it getting its time to to be developed and propered, rather than being like you know no 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 we gotta we gotta do this right now right now because we have all these amazing yeah. actors attached to it and we have a script and we, everyone wants Batman it's like no 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 we we have other things we have other things to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, you really you make a valid point because um, this is a very frenzied age, and and we Batman fans um, have to remind ourselves of that. This is not the early two thousands where we're going to go through an eight year drought of Batman on the big screen. This is not even the Christopher Nolan years where we're waiting every three years, every four years roughly to see him again. And that was a wonderful time to live through. But we just had Batman and Batman v Superman. Um, later this year, we're going to get more Batman as he leads up the Justice League. Um, we had some, we had a little dabbling of Batman on the big screen in Suicide Squad. I suspect, and we've mentioned this before, that Warner Brothers will do a very smart thing and shrewdly try to pepper him throughout various DC properties. Um, so it's not like we have to wait forever to see him again. We're, we're, we're in a very spoiled state. We have to remind ourselves that. And so, yeah, you make a very valid point. Um, yeah, it probably would be best that if, they're, if they run into roadblocks to slow the roll a little bit and, and get it right. Let's do it so well that the critics have to stand up and take notice. Jess, what do, you, do you have any other thoughts about um, their direction or are they in trouble? Uh, what, what's on your mind? I also agree with Andy. He makes a pretty good point. The Batman movie is they, – they've – got plenty of time to figure it out 
and um, it seems like they're kind of like messing with us at this point. And um, <laughs> they've got they've got they've got a huge slate of movies for like the next uh, three four years, and we haven't really heard much about the ones that are supposed to be coming out before the Batman. Like uh, nothing maybe on Cyborg, nothing on the... right. Yeah, like Cyborg, for example, that's one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Ridley Scott and Fetty Alvarez, they're both great directors. Maybe you can, they can uh, put them on one of the earlier movies that are going to come out. Like, Ridley Scott, I know that um, something about his directing is that he's known for his strong female characters and heroines. Maybe he would be a Gotham City Sirens director. That could be an option. Well, we, I mean, um, we have David Ayer for Sirens. Oh crap! You're right. Well, maybe we could put him on Suicide Squad too. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Gibson, get out of here, Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Man, see, there's so many movies. I I have such a hard time like keeping track of everything. But um, and going along with that, um, how we mentioned uh, David F. Sandberg being the director for Shazam. Isn't Black Adam supposed to come out before Shazam? And they don't even have a director for that yet. <laughs> unless, unless Dwayne Johnson is like, you know, you know what? I'm Dwayne Johnson, and I'm going to make my directorial debut because I'm that awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah that's probably what's going to happen. And they're going to wait until, like, the day before the movie comes out to, to drop that one. And be like, and you know, oh, by the way, <laughs> I directed this film. Like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there yeah, are other properties they, they certainly... <laughs> can concentrate on and so yeah yeah i hopefully someone's listening to us i'm sure that we're not the only ones that feel that way all right any other last thoughts about anything we've talked about or anything that we'll be looking at in the uh, in the weeks to come we'll have to wait until next week to see what happens next with this batman director soap opera <laughs> yeah this is you mean on friday nights it's uh, on the, <laughs> at 8 uh, at 7 central on on the twitter verse I was almost going to say the CW because like, anytime I do plugs for these shows, like, I always say, like, you know, tune in on Tuesday nights, 8th of the Central on the CW. <laughs> Very well done. Dare to defy. It's only a matter of time until something else happens, and I'm sure it will. The clock is ticking, Warner Brothers. Oh, yes, you know it. You know it will. Well, all right. Well, if... Uh... It looks like we've discussed everything that we need to of importance, and uh, I think we had a good time. I know I did, and I've enjoyed the unique dynamic between all three of us. Um, all right, so let's share our uh, the ways that people can reach out to us on uh, on social media. Andy? Well, uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for letting me come on and talk to you guys. It was uh, very fun. Uh, people can find oh, me okay. on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Andy Babacht, and Babacht is spelled B-H-B-A-K-H-T, and they can find me on my public Facebook page, facebook.com slash official. and I'm a senior writer for Hero Hollywoods, uh, for all the latest news in superhero and pop culture and uh, sci-fi, fantasy, TV, and movies, and uh, is where to go, and I, I host a Flash podcast with uh, with Amy Marie, Brittany Rivera, and Andrew Dice at theflashpodcast.com, and I run a model website called themodelport.com. And you know, and I and I have my hands here and there in various podcasts on the DC the DCT podcast network. So um, 
And if you want to check out Pockets for all the amazing shows we have on this network, please do. Oh, thank you, Andy. And and you see, I made the mistake of, of letting Andy go first because now I'm going to sound like Mr. Boring in no, comparison. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> you have to better well I'm a young I'm, man who is incredibly busy. I'm I'm just me, and you can find me, Sark. Uh, my Twitter handle is at HolyBatPastor. I and, love uh, that, that name is so not... much. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not uh, some kind of uh, self-centered reference to um, any kind of moral purity on my part. That's more of a, uh, a riff on the old Batman TV series where uh, Robin had his – he was famous for his holyisms, you know. So it's like, holy bat pastor, Batman. Um, so you are welcome to follow me and reach out to me there, and, uh, and I will try to get back with you as soon as possible. Love to discuss anything with you. What about you, Jess? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Ress Jossie. I'd <laughs> love to talk to you guys, so send me a message if you want to talk about something on the podcast. If you want to argue about my opinions, I'm totally down. But be nice so. to her about it because, you know, we, <laughs> Twitter could be a little bit nicer these days to people, so. I know, right? True. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can run into some funny stuff no matter how pleasant and positive you're trying to be out there. Um, but yes, and I can I can uh, vouch for her. Uh, if you want to carry on a discussion, much conversation, uh, much smart. Um, she is she's a good people <laughs> to talk to with a fantastic sense of humor too. Come oh, shining thank through. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. That's very apparent. Um, all right. With no further ado, then we will we will hit the road and do our things and find out what we can about DC films for you in the weeks to come. And uh, it was a pleasure being with all of you. And until next time, so long. Bye bye, everybody. Bye. Holy director's list, Batman. <laughs>